Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Unnamed Automotive Podcast. This time we're talking about your favorite star cards in a face-off. In fact, that's going to be the name of this kind of episode. Star cards face-off. It's a bonus episode, Sammy. Don't forget to tell them it's a bonus episode. Hi, I'm Benjamin Hunting, Sammy's the erstwhile colleague and companion on the podcast. Who will never let me forget that fact. Um, This week, we're going to talk to you about two cars, actually a bunch of cars. This is the first time I think we're going to talk about um, a series or range of cars in these styles of podcasts. So what we have is all of the Batmobiles. And we're going to compare them to all of the James Bonds, or at least our favorite James Bond cards. Yeah, because we've covered the realization that there are conservatively a thousand James Bond cars. <laughs> Every single car in the James Bond universe. There were 24 <laughs> movies or 25 movies, and uh, James Bond drove some pretty terrible cars in them. Oh, yeah. um, we, have to, we had to cut. We had to cut a bunch out. We had to cut a bunch out, but just to lead off the podcast, here are the worst James Bond cars. Sammy, are oh, you ready? Oh, no. why are you doing this? So this is what we're not going to be talking about. We're not going to be talking about the Ford Mondeo that Daniel Craig drove in Casino Royale after Ford paid the movie the, the movie production company a ton of money to have him drive it. We are not going to talk about the AMC Hornet that he did a barrel roll river jump in from the man from the Golden Gun because... What? Why aren't we going to talk about that? We have a ton of AMC Hornet fans listening to the unnamed automotive podcast. And they are going to write angry letters because the 74 Hornet was not a great car. Benjamin um, at BenjaminHunting.com. That's where you're going to send those emails. And another vehicle we will not be talking about is the 1996 BMW Z3 with the 1.9-liter four-cylinder engine, 140 horsepower. What? It ben, was... these are on my – that car in particular is on the show notes. I'm really sad that you're not going to talk to me about this car. It's – um, <laughs> it is the least – appealing version of the z3 it is a sad car that no one should ever be forced to drive the six cylinders are just so much better can we talk actually let's start with the z3 the z3 that model had a 1.9 liter four cylinder it made 138 horsepower and 133 pound feet of torque it was the slowest thing ever it's slow and neiman marcus made a special version of the bond car that you could buy in 1997 or 1996, sorry. Did you just say that? No, no. <laughs> okay. You're saying I, that. I was freaking out for a second. I'm like, am I just saying what Sammy just said? Yeah, you could buy a special edition one from Neiman Marcus with like a huge markup and had a whole bunch of James Bond logos on it. But that was it. Like there was no performance update. And anyway, it's, it's just vehicles we won't be talking about. But you know what? There are no weak Batmobiles. So let's get started there, Sammy. You want to start with the good Batmobiles. Yeah, okay, I so want to start with – they're all good. They're all good. 1960s Batmobile with Adam West. Okay. Um, this and, was... and and his youthful ward. Yes, Robin, Bert Ward, right? <laughs> played by Dick Ward. Bert Ward, isn't Bert it? Bert Ward. <laughs> you're, you're, Unnamed you're... Batmobile podcast. Exactly. So, uh, it's a 1955 Lincoln Futura concept car. I wanted to get, I wanted to hit that up first. I built entirely by hand in Turin, Italy, and then they were like, "Hey, let's just give it to these TV guys, and George Barris can build a Batmobile out of it." It's just amazing how these concept cars were were handled back then, and it's yeah. similar these days. But they're just like once they're done on the show circuit. They're really mm-hmm. just taking up space, and uh, Ford was got creative with it, and they sent it to – I can't remember the name of the production company that made the first Batman movie, but that is an iconic car. I mean, you can't look at that Batmobile and not think 1960s. 
You know what I really liked about it was the like the canopy style head like uh, windshield and the fact that there are two of them, right? Because the later Batmobiles looked really like uh, like a one passenger product. Like you you're not doing anything but getting Batman in there. Um, the other thing that was fun about that car is it had a uh, a big flashing light on the top, which is you know it's the only Batmobile to draw massive attention to the fact that it's a Batmobile. It had a, a rocket turbine at the back, introducing that concept for Batman uh, on screen. The actual car was powered by a 390. It was a uh, an, an, one of the FE series engines. It made decent power, but um, it, it was a heavy car. It's 4,500 pounds. I mean, you started off with a heavy car, a show car, and then you end up putting all this movie and TV stuff on it but uh it's 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 an icon i mean sammy is this your favorite batmobile i am not sure yet i think this conversation we're about to have will help me determine which one is my favorite but i'm not i don't think so no because i think the 60s uh batmobiles and batman was well before my time um well mine too (laughs) and i just I don't know. I remember just seeing the reruns and being like, this is goofy. What I do like about that Batmobile is that they used it all the time. Like, every episode had them in the Batmobile. Well, you spend spend that much on hand-making a car (laughs) in Turin, Italy, and then having it torn apart. you got to use it. And I don't think the Batmobile gets in too much, like, trouble. It doesn't get, like, blown up or something like that. And that's something that's really that really happens often with the movie Batmobiles. Do you not notice? Have you not noticed that? So, like, if we go to... Um, and I also don't think the other Batmobiles get as much screen time as the the 1960s, this Lincoln Futura uh, concept car. So, oh. it, yes. Sorry, I, I was just going to say, like, you know, we're talking a lot about the 60s, and that reminds me that, you know, on our face-off, we have the the iconic, also I cut, it's a word we're going to use a lot, I think, on this podcast. I guess so. <laughs> it would be the um, Aston Martin DB5 from right. James Bond, which is the... In the minds of most people, Bond car. I mean, some people don't think – they refuse to accept <laughs> any other Bond car. But mm-hmm. it, it, if you were to put these two cars up against each other, which I think is the most appropriate face-off so far in our in our Batman versus James Bond, I mean, how do these come across? You have the, the Aston Martin, which is a classic design. It is a street car with a ton of gadgets, like Batman's car. Uh, they both, I think, when it comes to features, I, it's hard to tell which one in my mind comes out ahead because you have machine guns and shields and oil slicks and smoke screens on the DB5, mm-hmm. but the Batmobile has a rocket engine <laughs> <laughs> and a big flashing red light on the top, which I mentioned yeah. earlier. And yeah. like you said, oh, uh, Batmobile and the um, DB5 both have an ejection seat, so. Mm-hmm. And, and there's one more thing. The Batmobile had that crazy button you could push. It was like a big button, and it would like stick something down to the road and do a 180 degree turn. <laughs> like they would speed up the film, and it would be this massive like spin. 180 and then degree. Bond cannot do that. No, so, he can't. Sammy, if you had to pick between these two cars, which one do you think is the stronger contender? Okay, but hold up. Back to the DB5. The DB5 is gorgeous. I mean, it doesn't look like a like a hand built concept car it looks it looks so well crafted it looks beautiful i mean the point of the db5 is to show up like you're like like you're worth something and the batmobile is i guess a little bit more utilitarian in that concept utilitarian you think you pull up in a batmobile i think that no one's looking at the db5 that's just my (laughs) what well everyone's gonna run away because they're gonna be like that's batman who runs away from batman he's not a villain (laughs) 
Well, I don't know. Batman, he doesn't answer to anybody. Wait, he can Sammy, just beat you up. He could just take your stuff. He could bust your bones. Do you know what Batman is? <laughs> do you He's know? a vigilante. Oh, okay. So you're one of those people then. Well, I'm just worried, you know, you, you know, he's not being held accountable for his actions. Wow. Wow. And Sounds James like Bond, you're more of a Chris I mean, Nolan kind of Batman. I don't guy. know. I don't know. <laughs> not Nolan. Uh, Snyder. You want to right? talk about unaccountable for his actions? Let's talk about James Bond. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He James murders Bond. indiscriminately. But he got a license to do that. You know yes, what I mean? A Batman doesn't kill, kill anybody, especially Adam West version of Batman. <laughs> Who is the tamest Batman in all but sexuality? <laughs> or should I say sensuality? Well, you're telling me that you're telling me that if somebody showed up in a like you're telling me the car which car has better sex appeal, the Bat the night the 1955 Lincoln Futura concept or the DV5 from from I James am, Bond? I am holding the original Batmobile in my hands right now. It is a it's toy. A, it is a toy, toy I have had. Yeah, it's not the, It's not crushing me. Don't worry. It's a toy I have been had. been working out this year. I have had since I was a child. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you flip it over, it's by. It's a Corgi version. Um, I have two marbles in the driver's seats because you can't get them out now because I put them in there when I was like five. <laughs> but if you turn it over, you know how normally you can see like the name of the car? This just has a metal Batman standing with his hands on his hips facing at you embossed in the bottom of the car. I like, don't look you. over here, kid. I submit to you that that's really cool. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's go to the next. So I, I think maybe you, you're going to take this one, the 1966, a 1955 Lincoln Futura concept car, a.k.a. the 1960s Adam West Batmobile is better than the Aston Martin DB5. You're going to go down with that with that. Like when people listen to this podcast for the first time. Not this- only am I going to say that. But I'm going to say that's not even my favorite Batmobile. <laughs> what? Yeah. So let's oh, keep going. What do you have on deck? Let's okay, let's the, keep going. Let's keep Keaton this one. All right. Which what, was? What does that mean to you? The Michael Keaton. Explain to viewers who don't know who Michael Keaton is. I mean, listeners. Michael Keaton is well known for this uh, for playing himself in a movie called Birdman, in Batman. So. What I'm trying to say is, in 1989 and in when was the second Batman? Batman Returns. When was that? When did that? I happen? think it might have been 92, but don't quote me okay. on that. There was these two Batmans. They were made by Tim Burton, and these cars were built by or designed by a guy named Anton First, who actually won an Oscar for his design of of Gotham in the movies and therefore the Batmobile. So this is an actual award-winning, potentially award-winning Batmobile. What do you think of that? I think it's an amazing. Uh, incredible design achievement i think that they had when they came up with this movie basically it's very clear to me that uh, tim burton didn't want to have anything to do with the campy 60s batman so he had to divest himself of any vestiges of that they already had a very literally you're the only person who likes the 1960s batman like (laughs) you're the only one you know what we're not going to talk about it. Um, All right. That that section has passed. That section has passed. That face-off has been offed. Okay. But um, they had an iconic car, like, lurking around, and they had to make another iconic car, and that's really tough to do. And they managed to do it. I think that the, the 89 film's Batmobile just looks incredible even today. And so incredible that I don't think they topped it. At any point, even when Chris Nolan took over the franchise, yes, I call him Chris because we're intimate like that. I, I Once he took over the franchise, we ended up with – they didn't even bother trying to make a cooler Batmobile. They just created something completely different and we're like yeah. maybe people won't notice there's no Batmobile. <laughs> yeah, I think 
you're you're touching on a really important aspect here. The Batmobile kind of went downhill after this eighty nine ninety two um, Batmobile, and I mean it's not. I don't know. It's a very it's a designed car. It's not very uh, realistic. How is I mean, it not if you, realistic? If you saw this on the road, you'd be like, what the hell is that? That's a car I'd run away from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, first of all, it has fire coming out of the back of it. I don't think it actually has an engine. It has just a jet turbine that does everything. That's yeah, That's you have a problem with that? <laughs> You're all over the map on, what, on what you think is cool from Batman and what you don't think is cool. Um, what's crazy is, yeah, the, 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 the actual production car had a turbine too, which seems like the craziest thing. You'd think that, you know, Tim Burton would be like, hey, let's just put a, an engine in it and we'll put flames out the back and people will think it has a turbine. And they were like, no, it's got a turbine from a bow. It's got a Boeing turbo shaft right. and it's got a four speed transmission. And, um, they, they're like, yeah, it's, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm completely wrong about this in production. They 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 of the movie they used a regular engine, but they made a replica of the car that actually works. So it is a feasible design with with the Boeing engine in it, which is insane, <laughs> which is absolutely insane. Well, it's only bad if you're behind it in traffic and it's melting the front fascia of your car. <laughs> but uh, I, so we're going up against James Bond now. So this is a very this is I think in my opinion the strongest Batmobile. We're gonna put it up against the second strongest James Bond car because, and and some people might argue that this is actually a more important car for Bond than the DB5. You would be wrong to argue that, but you might make it. And that's the Lotus from from oh, Roger Moore's man. turn in the series, the spy who loves me. Yes. So this was a Lotus that not only managed to run regularly, which is an impressive accomplishment for any Lotus of that era, but uh, it was a submarine, Sammy. It was a damn submarine. Okay. So this is the most Batmobile-esque James Bond car of, yes. this, of this list because yes. it can turn into something else unexpectedly. This yes, can turn like, into a submarine. Like the Batmobile in, in the Tim Burton movies, it could... He could say shields, and it would shield everything on the car that was glass. He could just say, come to me, or whatever, and it would just, like, do it, – it was a self-driving Batmobile. It didn't need Batman. I mean, I don't even know why it had a steering wheel, to be honest. <laughs> um, so that's pretty cool. But it is James Bond level in terms of gear and gadgets, right? Like it had missiles and stuff and all sorts of gear. It had that little bomb that popped out of the front and dropped down inside the Joker's stronghold. And – uh the I guess being a submarine's kind of cool. It's pretty good. I have an issue with this car. The actual version of this car that was used in production is now owned by Elon Musk, so we okay. can't we can't see it ever. What do you mean? His, he lives his life entirely in public. How, how can we no, not see this car? It's, it's, it's private. Additionally, actually, there were another there were two other turbo. Uh, I mean, two other Esprit. Uh, esprit? It's Esprit? Is that how you pronounce yeah, it? Yeah, it's Esprit. How are you Canadian how do we, and you how can't do we, say Esprit? How do we pluralize that? Dos Esprits. Okay, so there are two of them in um, For Your Eyes Only, and they do not turn into submarines. In fact, one of them just blows up, and then, I don't know, the other one's just driven by James Mod in a ski resort. Again, the most fantastic Lotus is the one that can turn on uh, consistently. That ski resort chase was pretty good. It's pretty intense. And actually, this car seems surprisingly decent for a... I can't remember the year. Uh, 19... I'm going to say 73, this? but I don't know for sure. Okay. 
And uh, it's pretty decent. It has 160 horsepower from a two-meter four-cylinder engine. In fact, we were talking just last week about uh, a Kia Forte that uses 70, It's 77, I'm sorry. Okay, we talked about a Kia Forte that has a two-meter four-cylinder that makes 137 horsepower. That's le- that's way less horsepower than this yeah, but it, 40 it, it, years ago. Every time you turn the Kia, it works. That's, that's <laughs> a big difference between the Lotus and the Kia. It also weighed under 2,000 pounds. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that that Lotus was all about adding lightness, so uh, no surprises there. Okay, so this is a pretty good James Bond mobile, and I guess everyone remembers this iconic, you know, shot. We've used iconic how many times? I mean, yeah, it's we got to retire that word. We can't say it again okay. for the rest of the. This podcast. really memorable shot of this Lotus going uh, underwater. Um, is what is the shot that like reminds you of that 1989 Batmobile? And don't say it's that OnStar commercial. It's just everything about that. Every time I think about that movie, I think about the Batmobile. There's okay. no scene where I'm like, this could have been. Imp- I, I'm always thinking, you know, if they'd had the Batmobile in this scene, it would have been even better. Like okay. you know, in the art gallery when the Joker shows up <laughs> and starts pushing people around and doing all his thing, and he has this boombox. I think if the Batmobile had been in the art gallery just chilling, and then it turned its stereo system on, and they had like a like a, I don't know, bass beatdown of some kind. I think that would have been even better than what we saw in the finished the, the finished product on the screen. Okay. Well, you know what? Let's continue. I think in terms of this this layout, I think the you're right. The 1989 Batmobile is a little bit. It it has the edge over that Lotus, and I think it has the edge over that DB5 as well. And um, I think we're I think about it, to hit. I think we're about to hit territory though, where Batman starts to lose a little ground. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to talk about, I mean, the one thing about Batman Forever is it had a gr- fantastic, really, oh, like, top-notch soundtrack, right? Kiss from a Rose. <laughs> That's right. Kiss from a Rose is in this If Kiss from a Rose was against every James Bond car... It would probably win. <laughs> exactly. But that's not how the world there's works. Also, there's also that U2 song. Yeah. Can I hold me, thrill me, kiss me, kill me. Oh, how do you remember that from all? Because I owned the single, Sammy. <laughs> the single. <laughs> that's it. how I know it. So good. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I, but unfortunately, uh, in in this podcast format, we don't compare songs to cars. So, um, right. We're going to have to compare Batmobiles to James Bondmobiles, and this is where things get a little iffy, because this is when the Batman franchise, Joel Schumacher took over briefly, and things really went off the rails. Mm-hmm. Um, the Batmobile was, like, the same as the other Batmobile, but it had been tricked out a bit. Uh, Sammy, how did that happen? <laughs> it was... It's all out, man. It's really a bizarre-looking vehicle. It really looks like a... It really looks... Well, the criticism... Is that it's it's really phallic looking, um, and that's something that has was not said about the previous Batmobile, which I think is important. And additionally, it sounded like they were going to make a pretty good looking Batmobile. They put H.R. Geiger. H.R. Geiger is 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 better known for the man who designed the Alien, the iconic Alien in the Alien. You said franchise. iconic again. But you know what? We're talking about movies, right? And <sighs> we have to use that. The the just. When you think of aliens, you think of Geiger's creation, and I think they could have gotten that way, that way with a Batmobile in Batman Forever. But apparently, due to creative differences between Schumacher and the production team and Geiger, they they parted ways. And, and so, so we ended it. up with a phallic Batmobile that looks like it has giant skeleton wings on the back. Yeah, um, it looks like something that he would drive during Day of the Dead. 
<laughs> That's a pretty good encapsulation. So what James Bond car are we going to put this one up against? Oh, well, we've got... Uh, is this the worst Batmobile? Oof. I think it is. Should we I think it, well, you to know, the worst Bond car? The, well, we can't compare it to the worst Bond car. I mean, that's, oh, right. that's not how is that fair? The, the worst <laughs> interesting Bond car, the Z3 or the Z8, or that weird BMW 7 Series. Yeah, I think this is a. I think you know this is a good. I I like where you're going with this because I feel like the Batman Forever Batmobile is an interstitial Batmobile that kind of bridges the gap between the classic Batmobile that everyone loved and the future Batmobiles that went in a very different direction. Right. So if you want to look at James Bond movies, when when the Z8 came out, everyone was oh, kind of man. freaking out because, what a, oh... What a beautiful car. Yeah, but it, it doesn't really do anything in the movie, right? Like, it gets chopped no. in half by a helicopter. It, That's, I think, how much screen time does it have? Less not than a, a lot. It's really... it's it, And I kind of wish that the Batman Forever... Batmobile had had less than a minute of screen time. I kind of wish most people in that movie had had less than a minute of screen time, to be honest. Well, Jim Carrey killed it as the Riddler. So uh, I'm just saying, it, 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 I think that uh, I, I don't know. I think this is too close to call. If, if you're comparing it against the Z8 from 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 James Bond, uh, which one wins? The V8, because when I look at a V8 and its association to James Bond, I don't cringe the same way I look at the the Batman Forever Batmobile and go, ugh, like that. That's a good point, you know, because you look at that Batman Forever Batmobile and you look away, like, instantly. <laughs> and you know what's a shame is that the Batman and Robin Batmobile is not much different. I think they just made it a slightly different color. Like, it's I, not... I think you're right. I don't think it's worth even talking about it. I think we got to skip over that one and, and head to, the, like, the final Batmobile on our list because... Well, but we got to... We gotta go back. We gotta go behind the scenes. What was the question you asked me when I told you about the? We're gonna talk about the Batman Forever. Batmobile. Oh, I was like, so did the did the Batmobile from Batman and Robin have nipples on it? Because the Batman suit, it's the only one where they actually anthropomorphized the suit to the point where it had nipples. Right. Something a suit would never need. There's no feasible scenario where the nipples come into play in a way that advances the plot or even protects Batman somehow. <laughs> okay, so you were also you were talking about um, toys. I had in 1992 Batmobile. I think it was a Happy Meal toy, and I also had the tricked out. My parents were the best at Christmas. They gave me the Batmobile Forever. The Batman Forever Batmobile for for Christmas. So wow. I know. And now that, you're an automotive journalist. So <laughs> no, any parents out there. If you're wondering how to get your child into this job, Sammy just told you. And I remember it was really tricked out. It had lights. It uh, and it had that really neat, like um, it like shot a missile out of the the grill. It was it was pretty intense. And I remember that being my everything. That was great. But now looking back on it, it's quite. It's probably the worst Batmobile they they have in the live action movies. So we should jump ahead though. We should talk about the latest. Well, it's not actually the latest Batmobile because we're skipping over the weird Zack Snyder universe Batmobiles because I just – I won't lie. I haven't seen all of the new Batman – the Batman and Spider-Man oh, movies. Oh, yeah. I, I, I was not planning on talking about DC <laughs> Batman whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> Is that okay? Like, yeah. So, it did not even cross my mind that we would discuss that. Why would anyone <laughs> ever like willingly talk about those movies? <laughs> so instead we're going to talk about the Batmobile – it's commonly known as the Tumblr from the Dark Knight um, trilogy, from Batman yes. Begins, uh, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises. This, I think, has really gained a lot of fans. Um, 
car fans, movie fans, Batman fans for being this really, remember what I said, like utilitarian, really rugged vehicle. This is that. And this is the sort of car that you would expect um, a vigilante to have when it comes to intimidating um, villains. Well, it, you know, what's also interesting about the Tumblr is if you look at the Batmobiles up until now, up until that point, the 60s one, I mean, there's no roof. So if you're if you're getting shot at, it's pretty bad news for you. The other vehicles are these low-slung, no-ground clearance sports cars. And you have to wonder, like, is that really the best all-around vehicle to fight crime Yeah, I with? mean, like, bad guys would just go into, like, a Walmart parking lot with a couple of speed bumps and bam. And you're kind of, <laughs> yeah. Batman's car is done for. So it, it, you get to the Dark Knight, and it was like someone said, hey, what would a billionaire actually drive if he could wanted a vehicle that would go everywhere and anywhere. And you know what? They, they also added stuff to the tub. I mean, we all know that most people listening to this, I assume, are familiar with. If you're still listening at this point, you're into Batman. So <laughs> you know that it has giant tires. It looks like a tank. It has uh, deflecting armor on it, kind of like a almost a stealth kind of thing. And it has a crazy giant tired, like almost a Tomahawk-style motorcycle that can oh, come yeah, out yeah. of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. What do they call it? The Batpod? Probably just the bad cycle. I mean, they're not that creative, but <laughs> um, that vehicle was actually built. I, I was mistaken earlier when we were talking about the jet cars, but they actually built the tumbler to drive, and it cost millions of dollars. Oh wow! And um, <clears throat> apparently, when they when 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 they started building, like the development process was millions. Each individual tumbler was a quarter million dollars, and they built four of them for the movie, and they could all wow. be driven. And most of it was carbon fiber, I guess, to keep weight down. Um, and yeah, this thing is, this thing is a massive beast. Uh, it's a pretty, pretty badass vehicle, but Sammy, what would you compare it to in the, in the James Bond world? Like shooting ahead to modern James, we've talked a lot about past James Bond and even like 2000-ish James Bond, but what about modern James Bond? I think we got to talk about the DB10 that was used in, um, one of the latest James Bond, um, movies. I think it was Spectre. Okay. And the spec, the DB10 is actually another is like what you mentioned before is a I think a concept car, and isn't a production vehicle. It's a one-off sort of thing. And again, like you mentioned before, you know, an automaker makes a concept car and then boom, what are we going to do with it? Well, they put it in. Um, it was actually unveiled by by the director and producer of Spectre, which is kind of impressive too. And this was, to me, this was a really important James Bond. Um, feature it was a big part of the car the movie and had a really lengthy chase if you remember correct if you remember as i do i remember yeah and and you know i think what also was interesting about the car in that chase is it's being chased by another concept car from jaguar that was never released yeah another really wicked concept car that yeah the cx75 so cool in 778 horsepower with uh four electric motors okay which is really interesting because the the Aston Martin has a 4.7 liter V8, not a V12, which I found I found kind of weird, and um, which makes I guess uh, 430 horsepower and does zero to 60 in about four seconds, which isn't kind of impressive in the world of make believe, is it? No, but I mean <laughs> we're in the, we're more Bond's more about image inspector I think than than utility. Um, but this is a tough one, Sammy, and I'm gonna let you call this one because I think it's gonna make people angry. Mm-hmm. The Tumbler is a badass vehicle, as I mentioned earlier. I it use is. exactly those words. It's not particularly 
aesthetically pleasing. I think it's it looks good in, in any way. You're right. No, it looks good, and and it's it, but it's utilitarian, which is you know what Batman became under Chris Nolan. Mm-hmm. So he was not so much about the style as he was about the results. Ba- Bond, on the other hand, remains stylish with the Aston Martin. That's right. Uh, still gets the job done. Mm-hmm. It's a very cool car. I don't think it's as cool as the DB5, which is already lost. I'd say the DB5 is cooler than the the Tumbler, but is the the DB10 twice the DB5 and better than the Tumbler as well? <laughs> okay. Um, what I think is really important is the amount of of imagery we have of the DB10 versus the DB5 when we're talking about that. Like I said, there's a length to in at least the way I remember it. I haven't watched Spectre recently, maybe I should. But I remember it being a really in, involved chase scene. And I remember it being a, a very long part, a very ex- impressive part, set piece of the uh of the movie. Do you yes, remember for sure. Do you remember that do you remember the Batmobile, the Tumbler being such an important part of any of the Batman movies, I I remember recently I rewatched most of the uh, second one, The Dark Knight. Yeah, I I I have trouble getting through that whole movie in one sitting. Um, but uh, there's a really long sequence where ba- the Joker's being transported from point A to point B, mm-hmm. and a bunch of eighteen uh, wheelers and whatnot and bad guys try to take over. Or I'm sorry, the um, it's not the Joker's being transported. It's um, it's uh, I think it's Harvey Dent. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the Joker tries to take him out. And the Tumblr the Tumblr plays an important role in making sure that doesn't happen. But it's not a huge amount of screen time for the Tumblr. Most of the chase is actually, you know, the trucks and the police trucks and stuff. So that's right. a, that's a really good point. Um I don't know. It, it, the, the thing is when I think about Spectre, I don't think about the Aston Martin as being like an important car for for Bond's character. I think about the chase is cool, but I'm not like, you know, without that car, the movie's not great. Like, but then I don't, on the I don't, other I don't hand, have that thought. But on the other hand, when you when you think of the the Nolan verse Batman's, it's hard to it's hard to separate the tumbler. Yeah, the tumbler is inextricably from, linked. You're right. So I think, wow, the Batmobile totally takes it here. Does that mean that the Batmobile lost only? to the z8 and only because of batman forever is the batmobile so much cooler than every james bond car for real like i didn't even think about that till we talked it through and that just seems to be what happened well i think what we just said what we finally summed it up was that james bond himself is really cool and he does something that i mean batman can only show up at night for one thing he's like a split personality he has like a very a very different approach to life where we're i don't b- think john's bond's, bond's ever bond. awake during the day until <laughs> yeah, Bond can drive well assuming you're right he's not impaired he can drive his cars whenever and he's not using them to intimidate or to to take down bad guys they're a, they're a function of his job right yeah and batman has a bajillion of other toys to play around with like like a bat motorcycle or a bat airplane bat copter bat copter yeah yeah so i think the batmobile though is just so intrinsically linked to who batman is and what he is like there well it does have bat in the name yes (laughs) but we did call them bond bond mobiles no do we don't call them i guess we don't call them bond mobiles maybe you call it that are there any other like what about non james bond piloted cars that were in the movies oh, no we can't even get into that because but there's just so many me, at one point he drives a moon yeah. okay here's the most interesting one in in diamonds are forever he steals a moon buggy yeah 
and gets chased by three wheelers in the desert. <laughs> yeah, cool. That is weird. <laughs> I don't think it gets much weirder than that. And the thing is, it works in the movie. Yeah. Um. Oh, there's here's another thing. And you only live twice. He has a 2000 GT. Oh yeah, a Toyota 2000 GT. This is they a weird one. The, I love. They this. chopped the roof off because Connery was too tall, and then they'd use a giant helicopter with a magnet at one point in the movie to drop people into the ocean. I mean, things just the 70s and 60s were a different time. That's right. Um, so I think it's a clear victory for Batman. Um, yes. I know we kind of had to give it to him because he's a volatile vigilante and we're afraid of what he'd do if we didn't. <laughs> yeah, and I think James Bond has more important things to deal with than, yeah. than hunting us down, um, us little hooligans on the podcast. But we wanted to say thank you for listening to this first in a series, and there will be a series. We have lots of movie cars and TV cars to talk about because we like doing that kind of stuff, and we wanted to give you guys something extra to listen to in addition to our regular podcast. So this is going to be a regular thing. It's going to be a bonus thing, and we want to hear from you what you thought about it, format, um, which cars you think we should have included, uh, whether you love Batman more than James Bond or vice versa, whether you think Sammy should stop saying Bondmobile. All of these things you can well, let us know. How many times we can say iconic in a single podcast? Yeah, the iconic Unnamed Automotive Iconic Podcast. You can go to unnamedautomotivepodcast.com and there is a contact form there. You can fill everything out. You can also contact us on Facebook at Unnamed Automotive Podcast or you can get us on social media. Sammy prefers the cesspool that is Twitter. You can find him there at Sammy underscore ha, like you're laughing. Or you can find me on Instagram where everyone is friendly and just posts cool pictures. I'm at Hunting Benjamin. Um, and before we sign off um, any further, though, I want to point out that this is probably the, the going to be the longest or most involved um, version of this series of the podcast. I think there's just so many Bondmobiles and so many Batmobiles that we had to we had to give it a shot. But in the future, we have like other subjects like what do we got here? We got the A-Team van versus the the, the Ninja Turtle van. We have- yeah, that is that is something I think people have been wanting to talk about for decades. We have uh, Grease Lightning versus, and I quote, that car from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> Again, hot topics. We do not let you down. Uh, Kit versus the General Lee. Um, what else do we got? We have uh, the the. The Transporters BMW versus the Transporters Audi. <laughs> Ooh, that is a tough internecine warfare-type conversation. Ecto-1. The Ecto-1 versus the Scooby-Doo Mystery Machine. Oh, yeah. See, that was a tough one. We were like, should it be Ecto-1 versus Ecto-2? Yeah. And then we're like, there is no Ecto-2. So we're going to go with the Mystery Machine. <laughs> um, and we got to find something to compare to the DeLorean Time Machine. Oh, that won't be don't, – don't worry, folks. We will come up with something. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening. You can find uh, – our podcast, all the episodes, bonus or not, at unnamedautomotivepodcast.com, as I mentioned earlier. But you can also find us on Google Play Music, uh, Apple iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, CastBox, Shoebox, Podcast okay, Universe. all right, all right. They get the point. If you have a podcast client, you search for the Unnamed Automotive Podcast and you will find us. I promise. All right. And until next time, thank you very much for listening. Bye.